Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Today we're continuing our series that we're calling Raise the Flag. Any of you guys remember uh, the old Mexican restaurant called Poncho's? How many remember Poncho's? Yeah? Oh yeah, you liked Poncho's? I guess it was a franchise. We had it in North Louisiana when I was a boy growing up, and I know they had one here in Lafayette as well. And man, the thing I loved about Poncho's Mexican restaurant is when you needed more chips or you needed your tea glass filled or whatever, you just raised the flag right? You had that little Mexican flag in the middle of the table, and you would just raise the flag, and your waiter or your waitress would come and bring you what you need. That is the premise behind this series of messages, because there are things we need from God. Can I get a better amen than that? And, and, and we need to raise the flag. There are a number of different types of flags that need to be raised in our life from time to time. Last week, we started this series off by talking to you about the white flag of surrender. And all of us need to raise that flag. We need to raise that flag and we need to keep it raised as we surrender all to our Lord, to our Savior, Jesus. Uh, Today, I want to talk to you about a different flag. I want to talk to you about the red flag. Now, most of us know the red flag kind of represents danger. It represents some imposing threat to us. Um, It it represents um, how important it is that we be aware uh, of any uh, danger, any alarm around the corner. Uh, It dates all the way back uh, to the early uh, shipping trade. Uh, Whenever there was any sort of danger um, that was, uh, you know, uh, evident, uh, they would raise that red flag to warn one another of it. And uh, it became such a common thing in the shipping trade and in kind of everyday life that it metaphorically started kind of showing up in our everyday conversations when we were talking about uh, doing something that we, you know, maybe had some sense of alarm about or uh, we weren't so sure about. We, we would kind of explain that by saying, I don't know, I kind of feel like I got a little red flag about that. How many, how many has ever used that kind of language, right? So, so we all understand that red flag. It's, that, it's that, that whole idea of warning. And I want to talk to you about that red flag of warning today. Most of you know that, that I'm a runner. I enjoy running. It's one of the things I do to try to stay healthy. And, and you also know that I love Colorado. Sometime back, I was in Colorado and wanted to do some running, but friends there warned me uh, about all the bears that are there in Colorado. And when you're out running, you got to be mindful of those bears. And they told me that a couple of the things that runners do in Colorado to try to um, really, um, you know, you know, be careful and show some concern with that is they'll take some pepper spray along in case they're faced with a bear. And then another thing they do is they take bells and they put them on their running shoes and the laces. That way the bears can hear the bells as you're coming. They said, but the, the best thing for you to do if you're going to run in Colorado is you need to, uh, you just need to look for the signs of the bears. I said, like what? They said, well, like, like bear excrement on the ground. I said, well, how do you know that it's bear excrement. He said, well, it usually smells like pepper spray and it has bells in it. So what I'm saying to you is, I'm saying that would be a red flag. You like that one? I like that one. <clears throat> so listen, here's the thing I want to say to you today as we continue this whole idea, raise the flag. God 
waves red flags for us all the time. Are you aware of that? God waves those red flags for us all the time. Listen to Psalm chapter 81 and verse 8, where God speaks through the psalmist, and he says, Hear, O my people, and I will warn you, if you would but listen to me, O Israel. God says, listen, I got things I want to warn you about. There are things that I want you to be aware of. There are are impending dangers. There are threats that I will make you aware of. God says, I'll make you aware of them. I'll warn you. If you'll just listen. That's our part. I mean, God does his part. But we got to do our part. And what is that? We got to listen. We got to listen to what God says. And then Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 13. I, I think this states what I really want to convey to you today, you know, better than anything else that I could say. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13, the Bible says, Better a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer knows how to take warning. Can I ask you, are you that old foolish king who no longer knows how to take warning? Who no longer looks to God so that God can, again, keep you aware of any threat that might be out there, you know? Any threat that the enemy might be using to to kind of pose uh, that threat against you, against your family. Listen, better a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer knows how to take warning. Let's take warning today. Let's let God warn us. What are those red flags that God waves in our life? I want to enumerate several of them with you. And I believe most of you are going to be aware of those warnings. Whether or not you're heeding those warnings, that might be a different story. But I think most of us are aware. But listen, we're living in perilous times. And I I just want to speak prophetically to you today that that's going to get worse before it's going to get better. You just need to know that. And so in these perilous times that we're living, like never before, we need to heed the warnings God has provided. Here's how God waves those red flags. The first red flag I want to point to is the Bible itself. It's the Word of God. The Bible is filled with all kind of warning, Old Testament, New Testament alike. We see God warning His people over and over and over about a very real enemy that's come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He warns us about things that we're not to participate in, we're not to partake in as His followers. And He warns us of the consequences that come when we disobey and when we engage in those things He's forbidden within our lives. He warns us of those things again and again and again. Those warnings, nobody makes a t-shirt out of. Nobody makes a bumper sticker out of. We don't sing them on Sunday morning. But those warnings in the Bible are extremely important, and they're going to grow even more important as time goes on in the, the age that we're living in. So the Bible is that first red flag that God waves for us. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to read verse 6 through verse 12. Now these things, and he's talking about things that we read about in Scripture. All the stories of the Old Testament that you grew up with. uh, All of those things that God cites in Scripture. Paul references them in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 6. He says, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. 
Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. Hang on. Is there a worse way to go? I don't think so. He says, look, these things happen to warn us. It says, and do not grumble. Do not grumble. As some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happen to them as examples and are written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Paul says all of these things are included in the historic nature of Scripture in order that we can read and learn from their mistakes and not make those same mistakes in our life. Like what kind of mistakes? Idolatry. Sexual immorality. Grumbling. And yet... Some of us, as followers of Jesus, are engaging in these very things this, in, this very, in this very minute. This week, we've been engaging in some of those things, not heeding the warning of Scripture. Not heeding the warning that there's consequences for disobeying what God's Word says to us. Listen to Psalm chapter 19 now, and verse 9. Psalm 19, 9 says, The fear of the Lord is pure. Enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold. These ordinances are more precious than gold, uh, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them, by these ordinances, is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Again, the scripture's telling us that the Bible's a red flag, that God will wave in your life every day if you'll just hear it, if you'll just take the time to read it and heed it to the glory of God. Now, the Bible warns us against getting drunk. The Bible warns us against wayward women and men. The Bible warns us against foolish spending. The Bible warns us about Dating an unbeliever if you're a single adult. It warns us about robbing God of the tithe. It warns us about these things. All these things. I could go on and on and on. The Bible is full of these warnings. And yet, how many of us engage in those very things as if we're just putting God to the test? Is God really going to do what he says he's going to do? Is this really going to... Uh, result in the things the Bible said it's going to result in? Absolutely it's going to. Why in the world would we ignore these warnings and go on and do these things? I can't tell you how many times as a pastor through the years. I've had people, you know, come to me and they're in dire straits and they need assistance and they need help. But when we sit down and we have just a short little kind of just time to try to get a handle on why they are where they are. It's because they've ignored everything the Bible teaches. They're living together outside of matrimony. They don't have any food in their pantry, but there's plenty of beer in their refrigerator. They're not living for God. They're not tithers. They don't do what God said. They're not, they're not living the life that the Bible tells us we're supposed to be living. And yet, 
They don't want to deal with the consequences of completely ignoring all the warnings the Word of God provides. Friends, when are we going to learn? When are we going to learn? Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 through 3 puts it this way. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard so that we don't drift away. And then he says this, for if the message spoken by angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? What is the great salvation that he's referencing here? The word of God. He's saying, listen, if, in, if under the Old Testament, if, if the word of an angel of the Lord, where an angel came and gave you a message, if that word, if you were held accountable to that word from an angel, how much more are you going to be held accountable to the very word of God that God has given us through Christ through the apostles that Christ raised up, through those prophets that God's hand rested upon under the Old Testament. Listen, all of those things right there in the book you call the Bible, those things make up the word of God and we're not going to escape the judgment that comes from neglecting what we find there in that word in the form of a warning. It's a red flag that God is waving for us today. Number two. The second red flag that I see is the inward witness. And I want to kind of just unpack that thought with you in case that's new terminology to you. I want to help you to really understand what I'm referencing when I say the inward witness because it's definitely a red flag that God uses in order to warn his people, the inward witness. Acts chapter 15, let's look at this passage real quick, and we see an example of that inward witness and how it works. Acts chapter 15, verse 24, uh, the apostles are sending word to brand new believers that were Gentiles about what God expects from them and what God doesn't expect from them. There are people that are connected with the way at that time, Christendom at that time, that are trying to put undue burdens on these Gentile believers. And the apostles of the first century church are telling them, no, 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 here's what God expects. Here's not what God expects. And and so they're sending word to them. And here's how Acts 15 reads, starting in verse 24. We've heard that some went out from us without authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul, Men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. And then they get into, this is what God expects. But hey, don't worry about things other people have said God expects because he has no such expectations. But the thing I want to pick up on this passage is when they say it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit. How do they know that? How do they know that it seemed good to the Holy Spirit? They knew that through an inward witness. There was a resounding yes to what they were sensing the instruction that they felt like they were supposed to give. There was a resounding yes. There was a knowing, if you want to put it on those terms. Uh, for instance, if I were to ask you today as a follower of Jesus, hey, hey, are you saved? Are you right with God? If you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, you would immediately say yes. And if I ask you, well, how do you know? 
You would point to two things. Number one, you would point to the word of God. You would point to the promises in God's word. God's word tells us how to be born again, how to be saved, how to uh, come into right standing with God. And so you would point to that. But then you would also be able to say, just because I know I'm not the person I used to be. My life has changed. Uh, Those things inside me have changed. There's that knowing. Uh, The book of Romans puts it this way in chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself, God's Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We just know it. That is the inward witness. And I cannot tell you through the years as a follower of the Lord, how many times I've just been about to step out in a direction that I felt like I needed to take, and all of a sudden, there was a witness against that. Something inside me rose up, and I went, "Mm, no, that's not right. Can't tell you how many times I've been in a conversation with someone who's trying to convince me of something, someone who, who says, hey, you need to do this, that, or the other. And as I'm talking to them, the red flag starts waving. I just know, hey, this person, their intentions aren't right, or, or maybe they're confused, and they're trying to bring that confusion into my life. All I, can, I, all I can say is there's this spiritual push against what this person's trying to convince. Anybody ever experienced that kind of thing? What is that? That's the inward witness. That's God's Holy Spirit waving a red flag within your life. We need to heed that kind of inward witness. We need to know what God's word warns us about. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we need to really work on that one. Come on, y'all. We need to work on that sensitivity. And, and the best way to do that is to daily spend time with God and ask the Lord, Lord, help me to hear from your spirit. Help me to know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And develop that sensitivity to that red flag that God will wave in your life. The red flags he waves are the word, that inward witness. And then number three, it's his wisdom. God has given us his holy wisdom as a red flag that will wave in your life and keep you from doing the dumbest things. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just stand back and I go, how could I be that dumb, right? Oh, y'all going to act like I'm the only one in this room that ever done something dumb. I guarantee you, When I did dumb things, it was because I didn't heed the wisdom that was available. I knew better, come on, y'all, but I thought I could get away with it. And we do these dumb things. Wisdom will protect you from all of those mistakes, all of those consequences. Listen to Proverbs 2. I love this passage. You guys love the Word of God? Proverbs chapter 2, verse 12 through verse 17 says, Wisdom will save you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. From men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight path to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Wisdom will save you from those men. It will also save you from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant that she's made before God. Listen, wisdom will save you. It will save you if you'll just heed the wisdom of God. Here's what I believe about the warning that wisdom provides. The warning is just don't ignore the obvious. If it looks like a duck and it sounds like a duck, 
and it walks like a duck. It's a duck. Be honest with yourself and let wisdom save you. Don't ignore the obvious. Listen, it's probably not a good idea to ride the mechanical bull just after you've had back surgery. It's probably not a good idea to have a convicted felon do some house sitting for you while you're on vacation. It's probably not a good idea to invest your life savings in the latest pyramid scheme. Come on, y'all. Just don't ignore the obvious. Let wisdom prevent you from doing those foolish, foolish things. I have some friends who recently were down in Florida, and they, you know, had a little time on the beach, and there were clear warning signs about, I don't know what it's called, the riptide or whatever that's there in the Gulf of Mexico, and they didn't heed the warning. And they got out in the ocean, and they got further and further until all of a sudden that tide started pulling them out. They had to be rescued. They could have easily lost their lives, but you know what? The warning signs were there. I came to church to tell you God's waving some red flags in your life and you're just not paying attention. Get in the word of God. Listen, listen to the wisdom of God. Hear the Holy Spirit of God and he'll warn you. He'll wave those red flags for you. Another red flag that God waves is his people. Our involvement with fellow believers will be something God will use to, red the, to wave the red flag in our lives. That's why we're so committed to small groups. It's why we're so committed to relationship. Listen, we're glad you're here on Sunday. We're glad you're joining us online. But until we connect as believers, until we move beyond just sitting in a service like this on Sunday morning, to the point where we're actually locking arms with other people in a relational way. We're not going to know the safety that God has provided in community. One of the ways God waves his red flags is that interaction that we have with people that have been through more than we've been through. They've experienced what we've not experienced yet. And God will use them to wave that red flag in our lives, Acts chapter 20, verse 31 says, be on your guard. Remember that for three years, Paul said, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. I don't want to put myself in league with Paul in any way, but I will say this. For 23 years, I have stood on this platform and waved the red flag. Every Sunday morning, listen, I'm not going to tickle your ears. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. I'm a pastor that loves you and cares about you, and I want to try to save your life. I want to try to spare your life. I don't want you to have to learn things the hard way. Come on, somebody. And so I'm going to wave that red flag for you. We're going to do that in small group settings. I love Ezekiel 33, verse 6 and verse 9. I take this passage to heart. I take it very seriously. The scripture said, if the watchman sees the sword coming and doesn't blow the trumpet to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes the life of one of them, that man will be taken away because of his sin. But I will hold the watchman accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the wicked man to turn from his ways and he does not do so, he will die for his sins, but you will have saved yourself. So standing here Sunday to Sunday waving this red flag is, a much, is as much about saving me as is about saving you. I know I'm going to answer to God. Listen, there are churches that you can attend. There are 
online church experiences that you can participate in when they're never going to call your sin out. They're never going to preach against sin. They're going to pat your sin on the back. They're going to tell you, it's okay. God loves you. Don't worry about it. Listen, you're never going to hear that here. That is not going to be what you're going to receive through Crossroads Church, through our small groups, our services, our online experience. We're going to do everything we can to wave the red flag because we know We know there's a very real enemy that wants to destroy every one of us, right? I told you I was a runner. That part of my little story was true earlier. Um, I, um, I love to run. I enjoy running. When I first started training to be, you know, serious about running and participate in a half marathon, eventually a marathon, I, I was living out at Brobridge, our little farm out there, and I was running on the Grand Point Highway, which is a very busy highway, um, that ran in front of our, our home out there. Um, and um, I had this idea that as long as I was running against traffic, in other words, if I could see people coming, that all was well. I was wearing light colors and, um, you know, it was daylight, you know, and as long as I'm running against traffic. Donna several times had said, Jeff, I don't think it's a good idea for you to run out on that highway. And I just told her, I said, Don, I'm running against traffic. I can see people coming. If I can see that they're, you know, driving recklessly, I can get over in the ditch or whatever. She had told me several times because wisdom, that's wisdom right there. <laughs> and, uh, and I just hadn't heeded it. One day, I'm running along. And, you know, when you're training, your timing is everything. So I was on a good pace. And all of a sudden, a car pulls over and waves me down. It frustrated me because it was going to throw my time off. But I paused my timer, and I, and I leaned in. It was a member of our church. And he stopped and he said, hey, I've seen you out here several times, Pastor. And he said, I just want to warn you, you should not be running on this highway. And I went, Donna's been talking to this guy. I just knew, you know. <laughs> but, but that's not what had happened. And so I was just about to give him my I run against traffic spiel. And he says to me, he goes, I know you think you're safe because you run against traffic. <laughs> Come on, gifts of the Spirit are operating He said, I know you think you're safe. He said, but you're not safe. He said, Jeff, if someone just accidentally swerves as they get up, they could take you out like that. So I said, okay, all right. Out of the mouth of two witnesses, let's go. All right, we're going to stop. And so I go to, to, there's a main thoroughfare through the big city of Bro Bridge called Reese Street, and it has sidewalks. And I said, that's going to be my my run route. So I start running uh, along Reese Street. And everything's going well for months until one day I'm going to cross one of the intersections there and some guy on Reese Street doesn't see me, but he wants to try to beat oncoming traffic. And so as I'm running across that intersection, he guns it and the front of his bumper actually clipped my hip and sent me about 10 feet up in the air. It's just a miracle. It's a miracle that I survived it. But here's my thought. My thought was, if that had been the Grand Point Highway, and he had been going 55, 60, okay, 75 miles an hour on the Grand Point Highway, I'd have been a dead man, right? But I could have, you know, avoided all of that by just heeding wisdom, heeding the wisdom of counsel from God's people. And all of us need to take all of this seriously. The reason I'm talking to you about this flag that God wants to raise in your life is because, listen, the enemy wants to run you down. He wants to take you out. And I just want to say that heeding God's red flags are really the greatest measure of protection that we have. 
Heeding God's red flags are the greatest measure of protection that we have. We put all these security measures in place. Don and I are getting ready to, to build a house, and we've been talking to people about the security systems that you can put in your house. We plan to do that. Um, I have a, a vehicle that I, I love all the little bells and whistles on, on today's vehicles, and so mine has like these sensors that'll let you know if you're getting over into a wrong lane, right? Uh, it, if I've got it on the automated function, it, and there's a car going slower than I'm going as I come upon him, it'll actually actually warn me, and it'll actually even slow me down. I love all these little um, sensors and warning devices and, and all the security that we put in place. We hire off-duty officers out here every Sunday because we want to protect people and uh, want to protect your children and your grandchildren. And all these things are, are great. I'm glad that we have all these things in place. But let me just say this one more time. Heeding God's red flags, that's the greatest measure of protection that you have. If you'll just get in God's word, listen, if you'll get in God's word, if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, if you'll heed God's wisdom, if you'll get in Christian community, it'll be the greatest measure of protection. All the rest, all those things we were using as examples, sure, go ahead, put those in place. But if you have that in place and you don't have what I'm describing this morning in place, listen, this is the greatest measure of protection. Get in the word of God. Get in Christian community. Use wisdom. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 15 about those that should know better, but they're not heeding the warning of the word. They're not living up to the standard of Scripture. And here's what he says to us about them. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or a sister. And that's what we're trying to do today. I'm trying to warn you, there's a very real enemy that exists, and he longs to take you out. But God's got red flags waving for you today. Back in the days when the railroad was the main means of transportation um, for both travel and commerce here in the U.S., there was a um, freight train that would run through the Midwest and the little towns along the Midwest every day, uh, bringing goods back and forth. There was also a little passenger train in one of those communities that would use the same rails as a means to bring children to school. One day that little passenger train broke down on those rails and the freight train was coming. And they wanted to warn the freight train that the passenger train had stopped and was being serviced. And so they sent a flagman on down the tracks. And when he saw the freight train, he began to wave his red flag. And, and the freight train slowed just a little, but then just came on past the flag man and went on down the tracks to where that passenger train was. And by the time he saw that passenger train, it was too late. And even though he slammed on his brakes, he collided with that passenger train, killing many on board. Later in the investigation, the, the, one, the engineer of the train said, I, I, I saw the flag man. But he was waving a yellow flag, which meant to have caution or to slow down, not a red flag. And the flagman said, oh, no, I was waving my red flag. And so they sent him for the flag, and he brought it back to the, to the trial. And when they brought the red flag in, they saw what the problem was. At one time, it was a red flag. All four corners of the flag, you could clearly see it was once a, a red flag. But in the center, over time, the red had faded 
almost to white, but because of the dirt and grime of daily use, that dirty white center of that flag almost looked yellow, and that's what the engineer of the freight train saw. Why am I bringing that story up today? Because some of you used to look to the Word of God, and the red flag kept you safe. Some of you used to live in community with fellow believers. Some of you used to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Some of you used to walk in the wisdom of God. But I need you to understand today that what you knew about God's word back then and what you knew about wisdom back then, the community that you walked in then, the way the Holy Spirit would speak to you back when, months ago, even years ago, listen, it's not gonna keep you safe today. Today you need to get in God's word. Today you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Today you need to get in community. Today Today you need to walk in wisdom. So many people would argue against Christianity and our message by saying, would a loving God really send an eternal soul to a devil's hell? Can I tell you, God would never do that without warning. If you go to hell today, it's despite the message I just preached. For many of you, it's despite the prayers that your mom prayed. It's despite the way your coworker witnessed to you. It, it's despite what you've heard on the radio, what you've heard on television, what you've heard online about God's saving grace. Listen, God would never send someone into eternal damnation without warning them. The question isn't, have you been warned? The question is, will you heed that warning? Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around, no one's moving around in this moment. I feel such a such a sense of urgency that there are people under the sound of my voice, both here in person as well as joining us online, that there are things right around the corner that God's trying to warn you about and you're not listening. And what God's calling you to today is to a greater commitment to the Word of God, Christian community, the voice of the Holy Spirit, and the wisdom of God. And today, you need to shake yourself from the slumber you've been in and you need to heed the warning that's available because there's something the enemy is just about to do to try to take you out. And it can be avoided if you heed the warning of the Lord. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God and you know that needs to change, I wanna invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. I want you to call on him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, 
come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray. According to your promise, my sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today, and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.